And you know, you can do many things that grown-ups can't do anymore. For one thing, you can pretend you're all grown up. And then when you've finished pretending, you can be just the way you are. I love you, you love me, we're a happy... Shut the fuck up! First of all, you say just have a conversation with your kids and ask them, how does the violence make you feel? Does it make you feel frightened, nervous, anxious? Just talk to them about it. It is. It, it is just that easy just to have a conversation with them because you don't know what's going through their mind when they see something like that. You never know when they're going to end up at someone's house or a friend's house or something and they either find something on the internet or they actually watch the movie. You're going to want to have a conversation with your child before they're put in that situation where they see an awful movie like Saw or something like that. And then show them what a real scary movie is like, like a poltergeist or, or like we said, the birds or, you know, Psycho, where it just was, you know, so scary. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello. Hey. Great. We are here at Camp Kilburn for Kids, where we've been volunteering all week. This week, a very special Speak All Evil. We are talking kids, and we found some. we got two <laughs> kids in the house. Half of this show has bread, and they've brought their, um, their kids uh, to the show. I prefer Spawn, uh, but yes, <laughs> welcome Connie to the show. Hello. Hey, Connie. Hi. Uh, and I brought along uh, Nora June, who is really excited and very nervous. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Nora. How's Hi. Going? Hi. I'm nervous too, if that helps. You you can't possibly do worse than us kids, trust me. Mm. Yeah. Starting with Nora, what is your scariest scenario or your scariest type of horror movie? So, like, is it home invasion where someone's trying to break into your house and kill you? Or is it ghosts or is it zombies or um, being at a camp? <laughs> well. With, like, a killer. I just, I feel like, I don't know. Like, just it find, like, the thing that, like, home invasion is scary I don't mind paranormal stuff, like, I find it fascinating, but, like, home invasion is pretty scary. I mean, like, like, psychological stuff is always scary, like, just, like, playing with your mind and stuff, like, using yourself against you is, like, scary. Yeah. So, Connie, what are you scared of? I'm scared of, okay, this is kind of weird, but I'm scared of, like, creepy old people sometimes like that's my fear like i'm afraid that like sometimes there's like there's something in my house that i don't know about yeah. like there's some mm -hmm. creepy person like just um just li like living where i live but i don't know yeah and i'm also kind of scared of like that like demonic feeling like i don't know like there's some <laughs> movies that's so dark and it's so like and like Anything to do with kind of like the devilly, like people worshiping the devil and them doing like weird satanic rituals, like that really, that really scares me. Well, you always tell me that you think that an old lady is going to come out from under your bed and, and lick, lick my hand. That right. is my worst what? fear. Oh, you know when you like so dangle. Specific. <laughs> yeah. You know when you like dangle your your hand or your leg off the bed. Yeah. yeah. And what I always feel like something's either going to touch you? it or like lick it. Like, oh just like God. a little thing from under my bed, like creepy, shriveled up something. Or like, and yeah. that scares me every time. Well, now mothers I'm can't scared get of off that. The I, I was always no, scared. No, it's not about, it's a threat. I just don't want it to happen. I was oh always scared of like, if I like went to the bathroom, like something coming up from the toilet and like either like biting Snakes. me or like dragging me down. Like that's just. Like, oh, that like, happens more than you think. No, stop. <laughs> that's nice. I also had this time period where I thought like a clown was going to come out of the sink. I thought a clown was going to come out of the sink, so I was scared of the sink for a while. You never know. You never know. That could happen. It's <laughs> just a good conversation to have with your child so they understand that it's not real, that it's fantasy, 
and that they don't need to be worried about that that's going to happen to them. No, but you know, this. I just want you guys to know that this is all fun and games, these horror movies. It's just a big fantasy world, and it's fun to like go there every once in a while and be like, wow, look at all this crazy stuff. But this and much worse stuff will happen to you in your life. Mm, you need to be prepared true. for anything. Yeah. You're right. I, I would impress upon you the same point. Uh, there's you, What you are going to go through is nothing, you know, these movies pale in comparison. So keep that in mind. The thing with horror movies and kids is you don't realize, I'll watch a movie and be like, oh, that was pretty tame until I watch it with my kid. And then all these things that I never even remembered, we've become numb to uh, nipples and be beheadings or whatever it is, you know, like I, I don't realize it until I watch the movie with her. It's like, oh, it's R, it's gonna be fine. It's not that bad and then. It's all fine, it's all fine until all those therapy bills later. <laughs> well, Dave, I, I think I think Dave got Connie into horror much earlier than I was able to get Nora into horror. Yeah. And yeah, it was pretty early. And mm -hmm. I was pr I was pretty jealous. Um, you know, her mom is a pretty big Brady cat. Ah! She had a really traumatizing incident with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at a very young age. <laughs> and I'll blame my brother-in-law for that. And it was really frowned upon. So, you know, last week we, we did the Pets episode and I mentioned that, that Gremlins was literally the movie that I tricked her into watching something scary with. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm jealous that Dave was able to indoctrinate Connie at a much younger age because I feel like I have so much to make up for now with my daughter and I failed. Well, she's older. It so was you... also forced at first. Yeah, it, she was kicking and screaming. It. <laughs> I just like, I was not into it. I did not want anything to do with it. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. I get it. I, I like, understand. I'll stick with My Little Pony. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like to. I just want to clear up uh, before we go any further. I, I don't have kids, and, and I have nothing to do with any kids watching anything <laughs> at all. None of this is is me. Just so everybody's clear. Great, thank you. You if so when you if you had a kid, you would not show them horror movies. Well, who knows? I mean, that's such a hypothetical. I can't say. I'm just saying. I have I have nothing to do today. As of today, I have nothing to do with any kids. It sounds uh, so judgy. <laughs> Trent, if you had a kid, if you had a kid, would you still have a majestic portrait of the human centipede on your wall? Who knows? Who knows what could have been? I think it's important for kids to know what's out there. <laughs> like, you gotta be careful. Don't talk to strangers or someone will make the human centipede out of you and your friends. <laughs> oh my god. That, that hits home. What was your first horror movie, Carney? I don't know. I think it was that movie where there was like the... It was like silly. It was like they had ghosts. What is it called? Uh, Frighteners. Oh, yeah. great one. Mm -hmm. Your first one, I think, I was Gremlins. I didn't like have a first horror movie because I would just like sit and like watch what you were watching. Like, yeah, it's true. The 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 Nora, I got her watching Gremlins, and then it was a big thing for my birthday. <laughs> she asked what I wanted, and I said I want you to sit and watch it, the 2017 one with me. And then the podcast happened, and you know, she would just be. The it was before the podcast, but as the podcast has gone on, she has just been forced as I take over. The, <laughs> The living room television watching you know the hundreds of movies that we've now watched to talk about and then one morning i wasn't even for the show for some reason we were up before mom and we just sat and watched the sixth sense together and then she was kind of off and running you know i'd get texts from her like what horror movie should my friends watch and you know they're watching the conjuring and you know, now this week I forced her to watch three relatively violent films. So, so we're 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 on we're on the right path. <laughs> you know, the the trailers are an important part of showing kids and getting them to watch horror movies because you play in the trailer, and I, I think we ought to make misleading trailers for dads like us <laughs> who want to trick their kids into watching these scary movies. Cat, <laughs> yeah. you don't have. Kids, uh, what did you do with them? How did you um, dispose of them? I went for a, a wood chipper approach. You know, oh, that's I feel good. like that really grinds up them child bones real good. 
Yeah, you gotta get rid of something small. Cat, cat, put, cat put her kids in the pet cemetery and she just keeps killing them over and over again. Yeah. I've watched a lot of forensic files, so I know all the different ways to do it. So what uh, what order do you guys want to start in tonight? I think that, I mean, I'd, I'd leave it up to the uh, to the kids. What did you guys think was the, the scariest? The scariest? Uh, let's, let's just talk about the two main movies. We didn't get through uh, Children of the Corn. They're a very popular kids-themed horror movie, but uh, we started watching it. It was just so terrible in many ways. More ways that we have time to talk about in the hour or so that we have our show. So we went with Becky, uh, which is relatively new, and we went with Goodnight Mommy, which is relatively disturbing. <laughs> I think Becky, Becky for me yeah. was scarier. It was more scarier throughout. I feel like um, Goodnight Mommy had more of like a like a weird vibe to it the whole it time. Was like that eerie. was like kind of unsettling. Yeah. It was more eerie. But I think Becky had like more points where you were like screaming and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like what is going on? It was more gore yeah. in Becky too. Yeah. I like to pronounce it Becca. <laughs> Becca. It came out in 2020, but obviously it was made in 2019. You don't expect this to be a good horror movie because it has Kevin James. Uh, King of Queens, Mall Cop, Paul Blart, and Joel McHale, uh, Talk Soup, and it's also made by Redbox, like the, the company that still slangs the movies at the supermarket and outside the CVS or whatever. It was made, it was an original movie made by them, which I didn't even know they made movies, so uh, this is kind of out of left field, and kind of, you can, you can talk about it. What's Becky about? Um, Becky is basically about uh, this girl recently had her mother pass away and the father is now dating someone else and they go up to a camp all together and then like these guys break in looking for something and I thought it was really good I thought you know it was kind of weird that the main character for me was one of the most unlikable characters <laughs> like since the beginning it was like why is she treating her dad so bad? But I think that's weird how they chose the kind of most annoying character to be the main character. It's it's pretty much like a revenge yeah. movie, but like from a kid's perspective. Home yeah. Home Alone, but horror. <laughs> uh, this movie was great. Dave watched this like right out the gate. You know, supposed to hit theaters. They had to release it to streaming because of covid it's a it's a little bit of a steep rental but you know 6.99 to get a, a fresh movie while you're stuck at home i don't think is that bad i love seeing kevin james in his first dramatic role of his entire career and you know he was okay i would say he was a little uneven and and connie you may not like the character of becky but lulu wilson is a monster in this role. Yeah. She knocks it out of the park. And this girl is an up and coming, if not already established screen queen. She's already starred in Ouija, Origin of Evil, Annabelle Creation. She was in The Haunting of Hill House. So she's killing the horror circuit right now. And despite what you think of the movie or what you think of the character, she has some unbelievably horrific death scenes yeah. that she that she oversees in this movie what did you think i really liked it except i just didn't like all the blood i'm not a big gore fan <laughs> the death scenes were insane but i yeah they were cool i just found it like they jumped into like most of the action pretty early on and like it was just kind of like, here are our characters, now this is what's happening. Um, I, I think that you should look at this movie, both of you, as a, a manual, a, a handbook, if you will, uh, as what you need to do. None of us, me, me and Kevin, and you can feel free to save their lives too, Trent and Kat, but um, we are not dying by the fire like a s'mores 
um, you guys need to save us much before that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. definitely. We'll do. <laughs> I think I think the way Becky was mean in the beginning of the movie kind of like helped establish her character. Because mm -hmm. I think that's why she was kind of unlikable in the beginning because she was kind of like rude and like kind of dark, but that ended up helping her at the end because she was more aggressive and, you know, smart. Yeah. They were like setting her up to be this like big bad, like also she's like the hero. Yeah. Kind of. What'd you think, Kat? I had very high hopes for Kevin James as a villain, because I was like, he's, it's gonna be fine. Like, everything's gonna be great. Um, it started off like interesting. Um, he definitely had that, you know, scary Nazi vibe going on. Um, I liked his beard a lot. I thought that was a nice, you know, deviation from his uh, normal King of Queens garb. Um, but he just like he I feel like he wasn't in it enough. Like his role, like his scenes that he played were very like all of them just seemed like the same it was like the same scene over and over again and i was like very confused about like his motivation like i feel like i didn't really get an answer maybe i stopped paying attention i was just lost by a kevin james but i didn't really understand what his motivate like what the key unlocked i don't know dude it's like you love lord of the rings i mean how can you go along with that for i mean what is it nine hours of film talking about we need the ring i mean they need the key we're not gonna well, you can't get started point. on Lord of the Rings right now. Good there's not questions. there's not enough time. <laughs> I can't. It's never enough. Time. That'll be its own never episode. Um, but yeah, I was definitely surprised by the amount of gore. I feel like I'm usually not one that needs to look away, slash screams at the television when I'm by myself in the room. But the eyeball scene was probably the worst thing I've seen in a while. So his eyeball is. Uh, keyed, but Becky keys him in the eye, and then his friend's like, oh, it's your eye's ruined, we gotta cut it out. <laughs> and so it's like, them like, he's like trying to cut it with scissors, and then oh. he finally just oh. like, puts his head down on the cutting board and gets a huge, like, butcher knife, and it's just like... It's the little, like, the no. little plastic scissors. The kid scissors, like, yeah. not... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the safety scissors. That, uh, this movie definitely has the best use of Rulers, protractors, scissors, kids' scissors, pencils. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pencils. Yeah. Hate. <laughs> Sean, what did, what did you think of Becky? I absolutely loved Becky. I was so excited. and the, I've seen the hype about this movie, and I agree with you, Kevin. The um, pricier rental than we're used to was well worth it um, this godforsaken year. I haven't been to the movies since February. <laughs> And to see something that is a would-be theatrical feature at home was really, really nice. And I loved it. This is a straight-up horror movie. I didn't even realize it was Kevin James until I just happened to be watching the closing credits and doing something else and noticed, wait, Kevin James? I thought, uh, not the comedian guy. But then I was like, wait a minute, the guy with the beard? Could it be? I thought he was amazing. I, I loved him, and I loved how he played it, like, so his style so deadpan I absolutely loved that um, the eyeball very important body part in horror mm. eyeballs mm -hmm. are one of the top body parts that you, you have to work with <laughs> uh, as far as lessons I really a couple things stood out to me for, for the younger gals tonight Nora and Connie um, when Becky is on the walkie-talkie with, with the bad guy and he tricks her and she slips up remember yeah. that yeah mm -hmm. I have that written down I think yeah, don't do All that. Right. Don't, <laughs> let the, don't let the guy the guy trick you. And also, if we're ever in a situation together, which isn't terribly far fetched, we could be at a camp sometime or something, and your parents can speak for themselves. But if I'm in the house with the bad guys and you're outside and the bad guys don't know you're out there, just run as fast as you can toward to the them next house, even if it's a mile away. You, to the next house. You, you could be no run as fast as, as you house. can yeah, toward them go. with the sharp object. But there's well, three of them. No, 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 no. See, no, no. If it's me, <laughs> you can a speak ruler. for yourself. You have lots of you have lots of time to rear Don't your tell child. Me I, I'm just telling. I'm talking to the girls <laughs> straight for me. If it's me, just go get the yeah. help. Don't try to. 
uh, save me because by the time you, you could have gotten to the house, she could have been at the, the next house, even though it was a mile. She could have been there in like 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. But yeah, they it's threatened the, dad, the dad's life, too. That's why she came back. Yeah, that's why she... Yeah. yeah. Well, it would be easier if it was me. That's what I'm saying. So. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Uncle Trent. So talk about the big softy that you have such a... Oh my God. You're so excited about. <laughs> so, like, the really abnorm abnormally large dude who's, like, his, like, minion, but, like, he refers to him as, like, his kid, ch children. Like, I knew, like, right off the bat that he was gonna be, like, one of, like, the soft one that's, like, go get help and don't listen to this Nazi dude. Like, he just, he gave off that, like, cartoon character vibe that, like, he looks big and scary, but, like, you know, he's gonna be, like, well, like, the softy that's, like, regrets his decisions and doesn't want Becky to make the same mistakes he did. Very astute observation. He reminded me yeah. of like uh, in Looney Tunes. There's that abominable snowman. He's like, I'll hug him and squeeze him and name him George. Uh, yeah, but he's like really. The <laughs> oh. <laughs> BFG. The big friendly giant. Yeah. Yeah, I like that character. I don't. I, I don't even think we've set this movie up properly, where basically what happens is a family goes to their summer camp. It's. You know, you you'd mentioned it, Connie, that that she recently lost her mom, her dad. She's with her dad. Her dad shows up with her new girlfriend. She's pissed, and then for some reason, this Nazi breaks out of prison with some of his minions, shows up at the house, and they're like, "Give me this goddamn key." We never know what the key is. And I have so many notes in gigantic letters. What is the key? Yes. Yeah. What is the key? So I was looking it up. And what the key is, in cinematic terms, is called a McGuffin. A McDonald's Bacon and Egg McMuffin is a freshly cracked egg, a toasted English muffin, bacon and cheese. It's very tasty and just a... A McGuffin, which is an object or device in a movie or book that serves merely as a trigger for the plot. And Alfred Hitchcock had this great description of what a McGuffin is referring to one of his movies that had something to do with spies, where he basically said, the MacGuffin is the thing that the spies are after, but the audience simply doesn't care. <laughs> and I don't know if that made me satisfied that they never explained the key, or if it made me even more angry that you put this enticing, I still sit here wondering, what did the goddamn key go to? I don't know mm -hmm. if, if, if I buy into the MacGuffin I picture the theory. end of Indiana Jones. I think part of it's kind of cool because like, I think part of it leaves it up to the viewer to make their own like kind of assumptions what it could be. Because after the movie ended, we went back and forth saying like, what if it's this, what it could be that. And I feel like that's kind of cool too. Because it makes your imagination mm -hmm. go farther than maybe even the the director or whoever wrote the movie could so both me and you we were saying that like both of us thought that like the dad has something to do with the key like it just kind of gave off that vibe that like because like the second like they got in they were kind of like targeting the dad more and like bringing him out instead of like the girlfriend or the kid like bringing him out to like the fire and stuff and it just kind of like gave off that vibe that like the dad had something to do with the key. I mean, they never like established that he does have something to do with the key, but like I disagree. I still believe that he would. Have something to do with I think the mom. I think the mom had something to do with the key. Me too. And I think Ooh. the daughter knew about what uh, the key does, and the mom and her knew. I think the daughter's a Nazi. I was maybe. I was going to ask you guys. I was going to ask you guys because um, I am not convinced. Uh, at the end of the movie, I uh, was not at all convinced that Becky is not a little Nazi. Yeah. I don't think she's necessarily there, a you know, good guy. I think she's the main character, no, but she, I don't no. know she's a good per I, person. Yeah, mm -hmm. like when the big abnormally large dude um, was like I like, the, I like that <laughs> was like talking to her in the field like saying like don't make the same mistakes I do and follow this crazy dude like I think he knew like he saw something in Becky that like he saw in himself and was mm -hmm. like okay look this kid has killed a bunch of people already <laughs> 
and I don't want you to go on this path to being like this major murderer. But like, I feel like she'll always have that like inside of her. Like, yeah. Mm. Cuckoo. Yeah, he was trying to nurture her, and she just <laughs> yeah yeah wrecked him. I mean, even at the yeah. beginning, she was yeah. cold to the dad. Yeah. She didn't do any like, different to at the end when yeah she was cold to the guy being nice. Uh, just just remember, before there was Karen, there was Becky. Okay. <laughs> All I'm saying. <laughs> Lest we forget. Yeah, I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't feel very satisfied at the end. Like, usually, you guys know, I'm all about a revenge story, you know. Mm -hmm. and, but this time, I was just like, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the same. Like, I didn't feel connected to her because she went a little crazy well, pants. It's kind of cool when, you know? you, and when you're so. kind of cheering for someone the whole time, and then at the, the end, they flip it on you, and you're like, wow, I was, uh, you know, cheering for the wrong person. I'm a horrible yeah. judge of character. <laughs> oh, well, what else is and new? The, and at the end, when the, like she's talking to like the like police or like the like sheriff or whatever, and she's like she doesn't she says she doesn't remember everything. She's mm -hmm. obviously lying. She remembers everything, yeah. and it just kind of gives off that like, well, you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I really like the Becky versus Karen analogy uh, because. The emo girl that hates everybody for no reason <laughs> will give nobody a chance. Yeah. Uh, just has a bad attitude because her music told her to. That's kind of like the Karen of the, <laughs> yeah. the younger kids. Oh, I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> I was talking about Connie. What? All right, so after being revolted against for my original selection of Children of the Corn, which I admit, I had not watched in a very long time. It wasn't bad. It was just not good. good. <laughs> we, we talked and we decided that Goodnight Mommy would be a great selection. And boy, was it. So this is a relatively recent movie. This is 2014. It's an Austrian film. And it was written and directed by the duo of Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala, who just brought us another great horror movie, The Lodge, which I mm. highly recommend you go watch. It's a seemingly simple premise where two twin boys have their mother come back after some facial surgery and her head is all wrapped up and they are convinced that she is not their mother. I love this. I actually, Trent, I believe you and I watched this together right when it came out. I think this was one of our like midday let's rent a horror movie we've heard a lot about. And I remember being blown away. I honestly don't know that I'd revisited this, revisited this since then. So Nora actually just watched this movie earlier today yes i did what did you think i think it was good i just i don't know it kind of seemed more like it it was more eerie than like like scary i guess mm -hmm. the whole thing just leaves you wondering like is it their mom what's happening i have no idea what's going on mm -hmm. <laughs> and like other parts you're like i mean are these two boys just crazy what's happening it's just kind of a, like i don't want to say all over the place and it's not really all over the place but like i don't know it's not traditional it's not a traditional no. also not in english uh, <laughs> it's also not in english this is true. <laughs> it's not in english dave connie what did you guys think this this movie makes me distrust children <laughs> mostly my own um, Connie and I did a little test to make sure that um, I was really her dad in the event that something like this would happen. Uh, we would have certain key exchanges that she would know were only exclusive to us. Mm, that's uh, I think that that's what this mother really lacked. Yeah. I think that's something I didn't like about this movie because I feel like 
If I was in that scenario, my child didn't believe that I was their mom, I would be like saying random facts, like you had the soccer game when you were 12, like facts to make sure that, mm -hmm. to like instill that you are the mom. So it's kind of weird that she wasn't doing that, yeah. which might make you think that she isn't the mom. So the first time I watched the movie, it was a lot scarier because they really painted the mother like, they showed certain things to kind of misdirect you to think it is the mother. Mm -hmm. Like they would just show these weird clips of her doing weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it made you think she was the villain. And I think that made it so much more scary because they're just living with um, someone who isn't their mom. And mm -hmm. I thought that was really yeah. scary to me the first time I watched it. Very scary. Very sadistic. There's some pretty hard, to me, some pretty... Um, almost bordering on the torture porn uh, in this one. Mm -hmm. And it's actually pretty similar to The Lodge, which the same filmmakers made after this. You can see that this is a predecessor to The Lodge in a number of ways. I think the family trauma as horror thing at this point, and this is 2014, so I'm not, I'm not lumping this movie in, but it's become like a little bit played out to me just in its obviousness like it's not really new that a lot of good horror is really about family trauma mm -hmm. as the greatest horror you know that's not really new but I guess a lot of people have discovered the idea now and so you have a lot of these movies and they they think it's so brilliant that they thought of this that they call it uh, elevated horror mm. so I you know at this point um, a little bit a little bit tired I thought with that stuff I love the cockroaches as pets what the hell was that about Oh, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, I didn't like that. That was would not you, would, okay. I'm wondering if, Nora, would you like to have some of those if your dad brought home a jar as pets? No, would that be fun? No, no. no. I would, no. <laughs> and also remember the uh, re weird thing we noticed is they go into this cave and it's filled with skulls and they just mm. find like a like a half-dead cat in there. <laughs> and they never really explain that part. Like, why is there a cave full of skulls? Well, that's, yeah, that that's, was weird. <laughs> that's because this takes place in Austria. And so they were in a cemetery and during war times or back in the day, if you were a peasant or a poor person that couldn't afford a proper burial, they would literally just fill tombs with bodies, not in caskets. That's Scary. Yeah. D d different cultures. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think. I think the two the two little boys are like East and West Germany, or something. If you wanna, now really, I don't know. I, uh, there's some of that going on. Uh, that's a, that's a astute, <laughs> astute answer by Kevin because I actually was thinking about that too. At first, I was like, Wait yeah. the skulls. What is? Because I had already seen the movie before and I forgot the skulls. But I think there's a little bit of that going on. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't know that history, so I was thinking that. Well, these kids probably didn't kill all these people. Maybe, the, maybe the mom and dad have something to do with yeah. like the mass murderers, and these kids are, you know. So, the antagonist protagonist uh, is very elusive. Mm -hmm. Good night, mommy. Yeah, this movie. Uh, I feel like I just never guess the twists right. Like I always <laughs> think that I've got it in the bag when I first start watching it. And then by the end, I'm like, I didn't see that coming. And then you guys are like, oh yeah, I saw that coming like right when it started. I'm like, what, how? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it definitely, <sighs> those two little dudes escalated very quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. It was like one second they're like, I don't know, like mom's yelling at us. That's not like her, even though she just had major, you know, reconstruction surgery. Like, that's weird. Better tie her up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? It was like, and then so it went from that moment where they're just like trying to find out. I was like, well, I was still on their side at that point. I was like, they're just trying to figure out like if this is like a weird Twilight Zone thing, you know? And then he brought out like the magnifying glass and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And then he brought out the super glue, and I was like, what's happened oh, now? Wow. So there was like, that was the point for me where there was like no going back. And I'm like, oh, I've been rooting for the wrong people. Yeah, Nora looked at me. Nora just looked at me in horror. She was good. 
Did they just super glue her mouth shut? I mean, mm -hmm. it would hurt. Like, yes. it's super glue. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't. I mean, I talk a lot, so that would not be <laughs> helpful. Yeah. And the eyes, too. Oh, yeah. I feel like the <sighs> eyes, I noticed this time watching it that the eyes, I think, were candle wax. Because when she wakes up, they've surrounded her body with candles. And it doesn't quite look like as painful as glue. It almost looks like they... No, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She could open it. So, you know. so Dave, Dave's talking about the couple things. The accident, the dad, and then one of you mentioned, maybe a couple of you, the, the surgery was a result of the accident. Uh -huh. All of those things are explained, kind of. The, the dad is still in the picture. They're just separated. And they kind of allude to the fact that the, that the accident caused a rift in the family, which the relationship did not survive. Because when the kids find her computer and they're snooping on it, they find her trying to make an online dating profile. At one point, the kids say, dad lets us play, not dad let us play. And the surgery is entirely elective. There's one scene later in the movie where they're walking by one of the hallways, which by the way, the house that they found this movie to shoot in is, is brilliant. Such mm -hmm. a weird architectural design. But they're walking past a wall and there's pinned up pictures of her face with pre-op designs on it. And there's no scarring, there's no nothing. And then mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie, when she first comes home and they're playing that game with the stickies on their forehead, mm -hmm. and the boys are trying to make her guess that they put mom on her forehead, yeah. she keeps asking questions like, am I on TV? And they're like, yeah. No. Am I famous? And I like how they pause and they're like, well, sort of. So <laughs> it, it gave me the vibe that she went and got this elective surgery, not necessarily out of being vain but as some sort of a way to deal with the trauma of the accident and the loss of her marriage and potentially part partly her career um so anyway i don't think that wow, was that's spoilery. really interesting kevin i never that never occurred to me i just took it for granted that the surgery must have been related to the accident but uh, you're right i mean the this the the bandaging and the the recovery process is plastic surgery. Was it, was it an accident that just like it only injured her cheekbones? Her, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I gotta I go. I got. I got in an accident. I gotta go get a smaller nose. And, and it shows you. It shows you. She. She's a like a local news anchor or something, or she's an anchor maybe of more prominence than that. She's on a, a show of some kind on TV. Wow. Well, good real detective work this week. Well, I, I. I so full full disclosure. I watched this last night from about one to three in the morning um and then again with nora today um in the afternoon and when you watch this movie and you've seen the quote-unquote twist ending and you can sort of let down your guard in that respect there's a lot of things to notice um there's i mean i don't know how spoiler you want to get but there's i noticed so many things and i i think i have the entire movie down pat and i will say if you go back and watch this which i highly recommend <laughs> if it was if it was just a recent watch there's a scene at the end of this movie pertaining to the exterior of a house after a major event watch that very very closely and do not assume it is what you are seeing i think the second time i watched it, it the the ending like the whole time the first time i watched it, i was confused the whole time mm -hmm. but the mm. second time i watched it, i was like why was i confused <laughs> like they make it like obvious i feel mm -hmm. like when you watch it again you see all these like signs that you didn't see before mm -hmm. they do all of this with very little also it reminded me a lot of the reef this is very spare very slow very modest um it's i would call it minimalism there's only three characters it's a one-spot location. The, the whole movie happens in one house. There's very little action, and there isn't really even exposition. Not much dialogue. It's, it's a kind of a master class, in my opinion, of doing more with less. I mean, this is a movie that has so many 
places to go and just as we were starting to get into like I'm sure there's a whole cottage industry of like Reddit conspiracy theories about this movie and there's so much going on we talked about some of the political implications that they may or may not be playing with um, being where they are in the history of Austria and Germany but all of that is done with so little that it's pretty amazing to me so we had mentioned before that we had we completely dissed Children of the Corn. Uh, it was the first time that we've actually just had a mutiny. I think it was because the kids. Uh, sometimes these 80s movies don't hold up. But when the movie, when Goodnight Mommy started, and the kid is running through the cornfield, Connie was convinced that Kevin had somehow hacked the internet and just made it so Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn everywhere. Yeah, it just plays no matter what you click on. That is following me. So we, so we actually did a real corn maze yesterday up here. We we are, we are at camp in northern Maine, literally near the border of Canada, and there's a farm that has a massive cornfield, and they they carve it into something different. So from an aerial view, you can see what it is you're running through. And this year, it is a giant corn maze of Donald Trump and Joe Biden's heads. And as you go through the corn maze, you learn various facts about the Republican and Democrat Party. And if you complete it, you get a free ice cream. But I loved the fact that we had, you guys had just performed a full mutiny on my original (laughs) pick. And here I am about to walk into a corn maze. And I was like, I bet Dave's in here and he's going to kill me. (laughs) <laughs> well, I was wondering if Nora had the impulse to kill you at any point after seeing these movies and then ending up in a corn maze. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> she she wanted to leave pretty, pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, I was like, um, this is a little... I mean, I know very little about corn mazes, but if I was a kid and I was put in a corn maze, I'd be like, oh, this is the place where you kill adults. Yeah, I would be right? scared. Sure. <laughs> this yeah. is the place I'm where scared. I think we're scary. Yeah. <laughs> this is the place oh, where you corn. either die or kill somebody. Like there's no in between. <laughs> so so speaking of, of the twist in Goodnight Mommy, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that it's it's a really obvious twist. Mm-hmm. If you're a reasonably well versed horror veteran, you're gonna you're gonna start at least thinking this early on. I'm also gonna say it's a rare movie where the twist actually doesn't matter. I don't think it's fair to even call it a twist because I think a twist is a movie that's leaning very heavily upon its effect on the viewer. Whereas in Goodnight Mommy, I think it's a rare movie where they throw a quote unquote twist at you and it has no bearing on the overall effect of the movie. I mean, after you, like, find the twist, you kind of look at the movie differently. You're like, oh, it was pretty obvious the whole time. But, like, before, like, seeing it, you're just kind of, like, oblivious to the fact that, like, it's pretty obvious, like, the twist is there. Well, if you don't have the twist, then the mother really is a monster. (laughs) You know, like, she would be incredibly cruel and vindictive. So I think if you didn't have a twist, it'll kind of change her her complexion quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, he, so here's her relationship why I think, with her with her sons, you know. No, I I disagree. I think you can even go back and rewatch the film, and you can convince yourself you could watch this film three times in a row and find enough things in it that you could convince yourself of three different legit scenarios that are going on. Mommy of the week for me. <laughs> I thought she was pretty. I liked her with the bandages and all that. I like a scary girl. Although I, it was very frustrating for me. It was actually very frustrating for me that uh, she didn't fight back more. Mm. Yeah. Like when she was like making that bed in the scene, I would have destroyed my kid if it was <laughs> to me. And that yeah. was after they like tortured her yeah. I know like I would have been done with it like at least knock him out mm-hmm. it just shows that she doesn't have the constitution to to parent her kid enough that this is a red flag if they're tying you up and burning your face with magnifying glasses mm-hmm. again uh, the, the kids movies with 
the unorthodox childlike weapons. The magnifying glass was an amazing weapon mm -hmm. in this movie. The little, the little crossbow they had. Oh. Yeah, the nails or the pencils. I feel like at that point you're talking about like the the point where the children were torturing her. It was so much more than what they were doing before. And then the, how she was so like easy with them after made you really rethink who was the villain at that yeah. point. Because leading up to it, it was the boys were kind of like being, you know, I don't want to say abused, but like the mom was being mean to them but only to a certain extent. But she wasn't mean when it came to them torturing her, that she was still kind of kind and easy with them. So it made you think like, who is the villain now? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, in retrospect, I, don't, I would argue that she wasn't mean at all. No, not mean enough. Well, she like strangled him in the beginning. Uh, she got, she jumped on top of him. I don't know if she strangled like him. Like the, the neck thing, I don't know. And also, like, at the beginning, she wouldn't feed the other child. You yeah. Know what I mean? So that could be theory, considered right. mean, depending how you look at it. So, like, when, like, you were talking about, like, how, like, it wasn't, like, abuse, like, she wasn't mean enough to them, I just found, I, like, I felt bad for Elias at a couple points, because, like, you could tell, like, he was, like, rethinking this whole thing, like, at the one mm -hmm. point where he was like looking for the contacts and like from when they were looking at the video and like the brown eyes thing and like it was just kind of like you like make they make you like feel bad for him at some points especially like when the mother was like hitting him like in his bunk bed like after um i don't know what i think they found the cat in the oh yeah she found the cat oh, and, like, the, the lighter and stuff and like he had like gone like that to her and to like distract her and then she was like hitting him and like i they make you feel bad for elias like before like the whole thing and then you're like oh well um that's a little it's a bit yeah. much <laughs> if this wasn't in austrian if this was in english i would have for sure thought that the name elias was a play on words for alias uh, that was a theory I had at one point, and I thought I, I was a genius, and then kind of was like, it's an Austrian, stupid. <laughs> and then I started trying to spin her head around, like, well, Latin, the original word, and she like, then... like, Google it. Yeah, she just destroyed me with Google. Kevin, let's go. Dig up. I want, I, I, want, uh, I want two minutes on the origin of alias Elias, whatever his name is. Elias versus... Uh, well, in Greek... So, Trent, I'm curious... I, I found an article, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Peter Sub Subzinski, writing for RogerEbert.com. And, and it's hard to find a bad review of this movie, by the way. It was, it's a critical darling. But he compares this film to the works of Michael Haneke. Well, they, they, they have the Austrian harshness in common. There's a lot, a lot of, in, in my mind, a lot of the Eastern European films, especially from Austria and Germany, have similar dynamics and similar feels sometimes and so I, I definitely got that out of this the family trauma in michael hanke is that's like his calling card although it's not obviously genre horror generally but yeah a lot of similarities there harsh harsh peoples they're very harsh peoples <laughs> yeah i thought it was a lot like fight club <laughs> like wow. if you if you like look like it's you watch the movies kind of the same like you mm -hmm. go through a certain narrative, but then at the end you rethink how you're watching the movie. And like the second time you watch it completely different. I think that movie yeah. is very similar to this one in that way. Um, yeah, and it's kind of hard to enjoy as much the second time because it's one. Of, it's like once you've seen it, it's like one of those uh, visual puzzles where you're supposed to like unfocus or whatever. Once you've seen it, it's impossible to unsee, so. Mm -hmm. When you when you watch it again, it's like I don't know. It's like how did how did you not know from the beginning? It's kind of hard to imagine getting fooled. I'm pretty sure it did fool me though. I didn't. I don't think I guessed the the twist until the end. So good job. I really enjoyed it the second time. Oh, well, I've seen it three times now, but I really uh, enjoyed it more each time because of the things Kevin was talking about, like the little clues, like you have to watch every single frame because there's information 
uh, even in things that you think there there's nothing there for you uh, it's just like why are they showing this wall yeah. But there's a reason for every single shot. And yeah. and I will say, it's really important in subsequent viewings that the post scene is incredibly important to what's really going on. So in this movie, pay very close attention every time something kind of weird or off happens. Watch the immediate scene they cut to next and it sort of helps lay the groundwork for what I at least think is really happening in Good Night, Mommy. You had the, I thought, a, a very classic, I, I guess, I don't know if it's American or not, but you had the very classic near save in this when the Red Cross shows up. And they, mm -hmm. the, the near save is played for all the suspense and drama that it's worth. thought they did a nice job with that. There's two near saves. There's the tripwire one, too. Oh, oh that hurts. <laughs> that was horrible. That has got me. like right in the braces. That has got me every. And you're right, Trent. The, the near saves are done so well that the tripwire has gotten me every time I've watched this movie. And I'm well aware, but I'm so caught up in the scene that I'm like, you know, it's like Titanic. Like, just just get on the board, Jack. Yeah. You're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Every single time. I remember we even were watching it like, you got it, go, even though we knew yeah. the ending. We were yeah. still. Stuff There's tripwire in Becky too. There's a, a tripwire scene in yeah. each movie. The tripwire scene in Goodnight mm. Mommy for oh, my yeah. money. Yeah. Much better. I thought that was one of the less convincing scenes of Becky, how that how that worked. <sighs> yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> and for family drama, this came out the same year as another movie that we were considering, which was 2014's The Babadook. So <gasps> good yep. year for kid good year for kid horror, 2014. Yeah. Nice job. I'd like to know if um, if Connie and Nora learned any lessons from these movies or from tonight, from being on the show, your podcast Don't debut for both of you, I house. presume. <laughs> Say that again. Don't let strangers in your house. Don't do it. Well, you didn't know that before these movies? Well, I've, I've no. done a great job. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I learned was anything can be a weapon. Because in a lot of these movies... Their weapons were taken away from them, or they didn't have it. They didn't have any around yeah. them, but they still ended up being pretty violent. That's a great lesson to take. I'm glad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Connie, you one time you gave me some words of wisdom that you passed along to me from someone else at school. I think maybe, and this is a long time ago, but I always remembered. You said, "You get what you get, and you don't get upset." And it stayed Aww. with me. It stayed with me to this day. Like that's how I tried to conduct myself. And uh, I think we're both disciples of that school. So thanks, thanks for that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so tender. Well, great job, girls. Thanks for coming on the show. You guys oh. should come on again. Yeah. yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, great job. Love to have you guys back. You have an open invitation for me. Keep anytime. on watching horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>